Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Syndication Pro is a software company that helps real estate firms raise more capital and spend less time doing it. Currently, real estate sponsors manage billions using Syndication Pro's robust and easy-to-use investor CRM, investor portal, and investment management software. Learn more, book a demo, or set up a free trial at syndicationpro.com. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Today's guest, we have Bronson Hill. Bronson is a real estate investor who bought his first rental house in 2006 and now owns over 800 units. He is the founder and CEO of Bronson Equity and has raised over $15 million for real estate investment. He is a general partner in over $60 million worth of real estate around the U.S. Bronson is an authority on apartment investing and is continually putting out new content to help educate investors and help them achieve financial freedom. He is continually doing deals and can be found at www.growingcashflow.com. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the show, Bronson. So much. It's really great to be here, Sayla and Eileen. Really excited to be with you guys and with your audience and just love talking about real estate, as we all do, right? That's why yes. we're here, whether you're on the podcast or you're you know, one of the hosts here. So it's exciting. Yep. Thank you so much. Can you please start off by telling our listeners a little bit more about your background and how did you get started in real estate? Sure. Yeah. So I uh, kind of became an accidental landlord. Years ago, I had a single family house in another state and decided to keep it. So fixed it up and rented it out. And I've had it for years and years and years. And I uh, just kind of realized like, wow, this has actually been a pretty good investment over time. So then I started to get involved in single family, started buying uh, some single family houses with my dad in the Cleveland area. So we were buying houses for super cheap. And then I had my grand plan of getting 30 houses and creating a month passive income to retire with, you know, doing real estate. And then I have this cousin that I was talking with and he basically said, he's been in multifamily for years. I just hadn't seen him in years. And he says, Hey, why, why are you doing this? It sounds like so much work. Why don't you do multifamily? And my thought was, well, I, I'd love to. I don't have the money. He said, well, you can raise the money and you can do bigger deals. And so he kind of talked to me about some different ways to do that. And so that's been a number of years. And I have just loved multifamily because it really is a truly scalable way to invest, uh, whether passively or actively. So whether you're just investing or you're the one who's actually running the property and communicating with the property manager and doing all the different work in regards to that. So that's kind of how I got started. And then over time, I worked with, thank you, with Michael Blanc, started working with him as a partner and basically personally raised over $15 million for different deals. So, and now I have my investment firm, Bronson Equity, where we look at value add properties and trying to find attractive returns for investors in, in good markets. So that's kind of, what, kind of how I got where I am, I guess. <laughs> Will you be able to walk us through of how you find your first multifamily, multifamily syndications and how did you get started with that? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So when I first got started, of course, you know, it's kind of the chicken or the egg thing. Like, do you start investing first, or do you? How do you like? If you want to get started, how do you do this? Like, it's how do you? And it's it's one of those things. People want to invest with somebody with experience, or they or even brokers don't take you seriously unless you have experience. And so, kind of what I did is I started reading a lot of information. I started listening to a lot of podcasts. I started going to events. My cousin recommended some events, some podcasts, some books. So I just did everything, got everything I could. And some of these books started saying. Hey, if you really want to learn about this, you really want to be a leader, you really want to do this, you need to start a meetup of some of some size. What it does is basically it puts you uh, as a place where you're seen as a leader in that group, 
And then even if you don't have all the experience, you're the one who's asking questions. You're the one who's kind of like, and you got to kind of learn it. So if you don't know something and you're up in front and you guys, I know I've been to my meetup or you said you've been there, Eileen, but the idea like is, you know, you, you have to be somebody who knows something or at least you're, you're somebody in that mix. So uh, the process of doing that, I had been a part of a, a meetup here in Pasadena, California, and I basically approached the leader and said, hey, you know, you've been doing this, this meetup here. What if we started a multifamily meetup? And so this is a very big network, Phoebe's like, I think it's the largest non, you know, realtor real estate investment group in the state. So there's something like, I don't know, it was like 10 or 30,000 members. It's, it's huge. And so I basically say, hey, let's start this. So when I, when I started that meeting, we had like 50 or 60 people show up to the first meeting, which is amazing. And then out of that first meeting, uh, a guy approached me and said, hey, I'd invest with a deal with you. And I said, really? Oh, well, let's get together. So we got together, <laughs> deal. They ended up raising a small amount of money from another uh, for another deal for a deal of, from a guy that I'd met at that same meetup. So here again, I have no very low experience. I'm very new to this, and I basically meet a guy at the meetup that I'm running, and he basically invests in somebody else's deal at the same you know the deal that was from the same meetup. So so that's kind of how I got started. So I think for a lot of people that are trying to get started, it's just getting around people that are doing it asking lots of questions, reading anything you can, asking other people how they got started. Another kind of, this is a little bit off topic, but so how I got into work with Michael Block and how I got to be basically an internal partner there was I approached him at, a, at an event and I said, hey, what are you doing for your, you're raising money for real estate? And he basically said, well, you know, we're kind of doing this and they didn't really have a good strategy. I said, what if you had somebody, you know, answering, you know, phones and basically setting up calls and creating content and doing all this stuff. And I found a way to make myself of value to that. So they were having trouble raising money. And then we got to where we were able to raise about 50 times the amount of money after a couple of year period. So but I think the other thing you know, I'd say is just to really try to find people that you, you admire or you see are adding a lot of value to people and see what you can do to add value to them. So when you started the meetup, what type of people you usually meet come to the meetup? Are they passive investors or they wanted to be an active investors? It's a variety. I mean, it's a variety of active and passive investors. And, and actually, there's a lot of carryover between the two. So I've had about over a thousand calls individually with you know different passive investors. And a lot of the people that invested with us or have invested over the years, they are active. And a lot of people, they do start out with single family homes. And they think that's going to be the path to financial freedom, just kind of like I did. And then they realize like, wow, this is really a lot of work. And if I could just scale this, because again, doing a single family house transaction is, is not that much, I mean, it's, it's not much more difficult to do a hundred unit or to do 200 unit. I mean, there are different, you know, I and mean, then you get some support because there's different property managers and people in place. And obviously there's more at stake. So you got to know what you're doing, but you know, there are ways you can learn all those things. And so we, we have a lot of people that would, you know, invest with us passively so they can learn the active side. So a lot of the investors that invested with us, they're like, Hey, I, I do single families or I have my own multifamily stuff, but I want to learn how to do syndications. I want to invest with you guys to see how you communicate with your investors and what sort of deals you go after, do property visits and all that stuff. And other people are like, Hey, you know, I've got a good career. I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm worth, you know, millions of dollars. I make a lot of money each year. Or I'm a CPA or I'm a, I'm a business owner. And basically for those people, it's just, Hey, I want to leverage my time. I want to grow my money without taking up more of my time. And if you buy single family houses, it's going to take up more of your time. Even if you have a property manager, for sure, that's what's going to happen. If you are putting in the stock market and we hope it goes up, but you know we could have another 40% drop like we did in March and thankfully it recovered, but it doesn't always recover. Or at least it takes a very long time sometimes. So that's why... Actually, people look at you know things like multifamily real estate that you know during that last dip, you know multifamily didn't dip at all. Like we didn't have any dip. You know, thirty four percent of the stock market we didn't dip at all. So it was great. You know. 
how much do you typically need in order to get started investing passively in real estate multifamily? Yeah, so there's different ways to go about it. Some of the larger groups, you know, again, you can go, the sky's the limit. Some places are 500,000 or a million dollars to, you know, per person to put in. Typically it's common, 50,000. It's pretty common, 50 to 100,000. We do, there are some groups that take less, like 25,000. And then there are some like that are little, you can use some of these crowdfunding type of platforms where it's like, you know, five or 10,000. The challenge with those I find is that the emphasis those groups is really on raising the money and it's less on the relationship or the communication or the reporting or actually the performance of the property later. So I've really, really tended to stay in the very relational side of, you know, what does this mean for us to do a deal together, to become partners, to have this long-term relationship that, you know, it's not about the best 50K and at least for me, it's about we work together. Do we like each other? Do we like the deals we're doing? Are they happy with the performance? Are we, you know, are they a pain in the butt for us? Like, do we get along? Well, does it work? And then over time, to say, okay, maybe this person has some more research. Maybe it's 50,000 the first time, maybe it's 100,000 for the next deal. And maybe they have more research that put a few hundred thousand in another deal. So it just kind of depends on what fits, you know, for each investor, kind of, you know, what's right to put in. So what are the next steps for those who are interested in investing passively in the multifamily syndications or the... Yeah, that's a good question. I thought of one thing too. I just want to touch on this real quick. So for some people, they have, they really have money. They have a money problem, meaning that there's, there's, they have more than enough money and they got to figure out, wait, where am I going to put this money to where it's going to be, it's going to return, uh, you know, double digit returns. It's going to be a solid return. So for those kind of people, it's like, Hey, I'm just going to become passive. I'm just going to do this. If somebody has less money, let's say somebody has a net worth of, of 200,000 or less, it may not make sense to become a passive investor in a deal. Because again, maybe there's somebody has more time, but they have less money. So that's kind of where I started from. I was like, okay, I have some time. I can, I can leverage my time. I can go do this. So I can partner and I can add value in different ways and go do it that way. So again, it's it's for each person listening or you know, just thinking through their own situation. If I have $3 million, you know, that's liquid cash. Okay, maybe I can start doing this passively, get some confidence in doing this, start and do the minimums and kind of see how that goes. And then over time, you know, see if I put it maybe between two or three different operators. But if I'm somebody who is interested, like I, I don't have those resources, then maybe I need to be more active. I need to find either way to raise money, find deals, uh, or just become a part of a partnership, you know, try to network more to try to do that. So that's another way to do it. So the next step to be a part of a uh, passive investor, you know, become a passive investor, what I would say is for a lot of people, it's new. They've never tried it. They've really only tried the stock market. And what's interesting about the stock market is that it's, it's something that we think of as a very safe and secure investment. And the reason for that, I thought about that a lot is, well, why is that? Why do we think of like, these are traditional investments and everything else is alternative? Well, it's because these companies spend billions of dollars to basically market to people to say stocks are safe. Mutual funds are great. Everybody should have them. But I mean, really, we can go back for the last 20, 30 years and we can see multiple times of 40 to 50% drops within a 12-month period. So to me, that feels very volatile and very risky. And so I think the biggest thing people can do is just start to educate themselves about multifamily syndication. You know, there are some great books out there. There's some great podcasts. There's some wonderful events. There's a group called the Real Estate Guys. They do a great event on syndication. They do some events. There's a cruise or a summit that they do where you get Robert Kiyosaki goes every year, which is awesome. It's one that I attend each year, as long as this year was COVID, so I didn't attend it, but next year I'm planning. So, you know, basically just to try to get around it. So we talk about it by Meetup at Phoebe. We talk about, 
Uh, really, there's two things that really will help you as an investor and help you as an individual. The first is networking. So it's the people that you meet. This is a little tougher during COVID. It's not something that you can't do. So again, if you if I'm an investor, I have money. I want to go and go to these virtual events. I want to get on podcasts. I want to find out who's doing deals now. And I want to find out how I can partner with them and build a relationship. Because a lot of groups don't just like... There's not one central place you go to and here's the million different things you can invest in. It's you want to start to build a relationship with a few different reputable groups. So that's something that we do. We set up calls with investors. We start that relationship. We see if it's a good fit. We put them on our deals list. So that's kind of a way people hear about more deals. A lot of people say, I don't hear about deals. That's one way to do it. Um, so networking is one. The other is education, which is like going to these events. It's reading the books. It's the podcasts. It's trainings. There are more formal, formal things you can do as well. There are groups that sell software where you can analyze deals. You know, So there's different ways to get into it. But I would say really networking and education are the two things. You mentioned earlier about the stock market and how people are investing in the stock market. And there's a lot of dips and stuff like that. But multifamily has seen more of a steady, uh, steady flow of returns and hasn't been as affected as stocks. Why do you think that not more people have heard about multifamily investing than that is common? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. So why haven't people heard about multifamily investing? And I really think the reason for it is just that you follow the money. You know, the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission, they've allowed for just individuals that have some experience in real estate to start raising money from other people. And for years, this thing called syndication has, has been there. The Empire State Building was a famous syndication years and years and years ago, where people put $10,000 in and they purchased this building. But you know, where there are people doing commercials typically for, hey, invest in our multifamily syndication. It's actually, with the SEC, there's an exemption where you, you can't advertise a deal at least with what's called a 506B. I'm going to get a little technical for a minute, but a 506B deal, which typically that we do, it basically says that we can work with anybody, whether they're an accredited investor or a non-accredited, sophisticated investor. And those are terms, whether it's accredited or sophisticated, that if somebody, you can Google those, if you're listening, listening to that, you don't know what those mean. But basically we can work with anybody if we have a relationship with them, we have some financial information, we start to get to them. We can't just say, hey, we've got a deal and we're just you know blasting it out as a newspaper ad or call, you know putting it on the internet. So we, we have to basically work. There are deals you can do that with, but it's only for higher net worth investors. And so, but again, I, I, I do think it is interesting that most people have not heard of it, I just think it's it's wealthy people in general kind of live in a different world. So if, if you're somebody who has a net worth of over 5 million and you're basically in the know and your family, you, you most likely have heard of real estate syndication because it's so there are things in our financial landscape in the US that if you're somebody with a lower net worth, you're never going to hear about and you're never going to be educated on because some people can't even invest in that. A lot of people don't have a higher net worth and, and most people are under a few hundred net worth, uh, a few hundred thousand in net worth. So it, it is interesting why you bring up a really good question. Like, why is that? And I just think that it's just the way the SEC has set it up. I personally think that syndications should be, you know, we should be a little bit more widely share about them to everybody. I personally think they're much safer than uh, larger, you know, other types of investments that are more, you know, financial assets such as stocks and bonds. But there also are, could, you know, somebody could be a scammer and take advantage of people. So I also understand that there are safeguards there for people that are less sophisticated. So Bronson, you have raised over $15 million. How have you been able to continue to build your relationship with the investors? Yeah, well, I, I was going to think of a joke where I send them all cakes in the mail or something and they like me. And so they, they invest with me. Even though I wish that were the case. No, I think that really the biggest thing uh, and working closely with Michael Blanc, I think the thing that I really learned from him is that 
It's really about creating content that people can relate with, that they get value from. And so for you guys, you have this podcast, your listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this. They're going to watch this. They're going to listen to this. You're going to put it out in different ways. People are going to get a hold of that. They're going to see you as a person of value. And so if somebody's listening, it's like, yeah, how do I, you know, how do I get involved or how do I, you know, become a part of this? It's really, I think it's about, and how do I develop those relationships with investors? I mean, it did happen at my meetup where I met a couple of people. I've had very few investors from my meetups. I've had, I've had you know, a couple or a few. But it really, I think, is about creating content, creating blogs, being on podcasts, doing your own podcast, doing videos. And it's, it's a fair amount of work. But and then also another way some people do it. I have you know this relative of mine. They've been doing this for years, and they've got you know 100 million in real estate, and they don't do any of it. So some of it you can also do it a little more slowly, and just do it through your own networks and getting to know people. And especially if if an investor has been treated well, meaning if an investor has a good experience working with you, the communication is good, the performance is good. You know they 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 like you. They will refer. Their friends to you, especially if you if you, after a while you ask them. So for somebody who does not have experience, the biggest thing is just to you can partner. So you can partner with people that have experience. So for me, for a while I didn't have a lot of multifamily experience. I had some, but I partnered with Michael, and so basically I was able to to have calls with investors, and we had a system and a platform that was be able to be able, be able to kind of draw these investors in, and we're able to basically have conversations. So I think when people see that you have some experience, you're adding something to the conversation, they feel like they get to know you a bit. I think that that leads to a lot of trust, and you're not doing it just for hey, invest in my deals. You're saying hey, I really want to add value to you as a as an investor, as a person, as an individual, and I want to help you. Even if I don't see a benefit from it, that builds a lot of trust because most people don't do that. They kind of want to like, hey, let me help you here. So, you know, you can help me over here. You can invest my deal. So it's like, no, we're just going to be here to try to add value. And that comes across as being very genuine when that happens. Totally makes sense. And then so as you're having these communications with them, how often are you communicating with them to make them, especially during this time during COVID right now, because there's a, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with everything that's been going on. How have you been able to maintain that communication with them? Yeah. So the process I like to think about is it's like, almost like a, if somebody gets hired somewhere, or there's kind of an onboarding process. So what we have is kind of like if somebody joins or if they go to our website, they go to growingcashflow.com, they will basically have a chance to join our investment club. They can put in their information and join. We schedule a call with them. After that, basically they get, you know, we ask them a bunch of questions about their financial their history, their investing history, what do they do for work, what are their, you know, some of their different goals and things like that. So we would take notes on all this stuff. And then basically from there, we we send them a few emails, you know, once every, you know, after we speak with them, send them an email, here's some previous deals we've done, here's what to expect. And then if you would kind of send a series of emails just kind of after that call. And then after that point, it's just weekly, we put out some weekly content. So that might be like a, like a, a for you guys, it could be a, a podcast or a blog post or something. So to me, it's going to be, it's, it's a weekly video of just, you know, me talking through things about multifamily investing. And what does it mean? I'm creating this series right now about kind of the basics of, multifamily investing, a six-part YouTube series of just... And I'm basically going to use each one of those as a blog post and basically have it as a blog as well as a video and send it out. So the biggest thing is people aren't going to open up every one of your emails and kind of look at everything that you're doing, but they'll skim it and they'll say, oh, this is what this is, whatever. And they'll see you're putting out something quality, you know, that's quality. 
And I think some people are chomping at the bit looking for deals. Right now, it's 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 a challenging time to find good deals. There are good deals out there, but sometimes you have to look and be creative and find different things. But I think that you know, really the engagement is just, I guess, the weekly stuff when people do reach out that you respond. And I think that it's uh, having that onboarding process so people can know what to expect. So almost like uh, we call like an investor's teed up. So if it's like you have a golf ball, if you golf at all, you, know, you put your ball on the tee, you tee up. Is the investor's ready to go. They have enough information about you. They have enough information about kind of what sort of deals you do. They have a history. They have some of the stuff. stuff. And if a deal comes around, they're like, oh, I'm going to seriously look at this because I've, I, I feel like I got to know them a little bit. I've got some sort of relationship. They're putting things out here. So again, it is the what, biggest thing. If you can leverage your time and create more content, it does allow you to stay connected with investors. How has real estate investing impacted your life? Wow, it's impacted me a lot. And that's a, that's a good question. And I think for me, my background is uh, in medical uh, sales or medical consulting. And so, you know, with that, it was basically a sales job where you're going around and you're trying to transactionally sell more stuff. And if each quarter you sell a certain amount, well, you got to sell more the next quarter. And you know, it's a great, it was a great job. But really going forward, it's trying to say, how can I leverage this to where your money actually works for you? And there's a quote that I love by Warren Buffett, where it says, unless you learn how to make money in your sleep, you will work until you die. And so kind of it's the idea of passive income, right? Is like, hey, if I'm just going to have to keep working and working and working, and I looked around, and I saw these doctors, some of them making literally millions of dollars a year, but they'd be working 80 hours a week. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to be that guy. Like I want to, you know, and then even for them, it's like, if they stop working, what are they going to do? So the idea of, you know, you make money, especially somebody who's a professional, they can make money and they can put it over here and it gives them the freedom to be able to retire when they want to, to have their money working for them. I mean, there's this huge difference of knowing you're going to get a 2% return or 1.5% return on a money market fund or something, or you're going to be able to get a consistent, you know, 10 to 15% return per year. I mean, that's, those are like night and day different. And so to me, I think seeing how, and then all the tax advantages that go with that and things like that. So anyway, stepping back for me, I think what it really allows me to do with real estate is it allows me to really help teach people about real estate. I mean, something that you asked, you know, Eileen, why, why, why don't more people know about this? And that's something I thought about, like, this is the best thing ever. Like people, everybody should know about this. So this is something to me that I find a lot of meaning in and a lot of purpose in. And I think your why is always greater than actually what you're doing or the certain things you're doing. Your why is so, so important. So for me, if I can have more time, leverage my time, spend more time with my family, if I can travel, if I can live out my purpose, which part of it is just really helping people and educating them about real estate, helping them to find their purpose. Like to me, real estate has opened up all of those things. And so you've already raised $15 million in equity and you've participated in multiple syndications as a general partner. And you've also created your growing cash flow company. What's the next thing for you? Yeah. So the next thing for me is to, is to do more deals. And basically, I, you know, it was up till recently, I was with working more closely with Michael and we're an internal partner there. And so it's just been very recently, I've, I've started my own group, you know, called Bronson Equity. So we're going to be working with uh, a couple different partners, just a couple of mid-sized partners that I've been around for a long time and just basically really developing that and, and really trying to find great deals for individuals that are looking for better returns on, on their investments. And I think the other side for me is that really Really excites me is really educating people is kind of what you're doing here is really educating people uh, about 
something that's so great that they've never heard of. I mean, there's the idea you don't know what you don't know, right? So it's the idea of you, how can you be excited about something you've never heard about, even if it's great. And I remember when I, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, I don't know, is that real? Like, what is it a scam? Like, how do you, like all these different questions came up. And I think just having, you know, meeting other investors that have been investing for years and getting involved in that. So to me, I think, yeah, it's just really exciting to be a part of helping people kind of on that journey. And they say, I think there's a quote by Zig Ziglar, if you want to, you can have everything in life you want, if you help another people, enough, another pe- enough other people get what they want. So kind of the idea of like, you help enough people, you'll get everything that you need. So to me, it's just, I think I, I find a lot of purpose in helping other people get where they need to go, especially with real estate. Awesome. So uh, throughout your real estate journey, Bronson, what is one thing that you know now about the real estate that you wish that you knew when you first started? This might sound really simple, but I think for a long time I had analysis paralysis. I just kind of saw people doing things and I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. That's their story. But things really started moving when I got in motion and I started taking action. And so, you know, I would say, for someone listening who's like, hey, I want to be involved, more involved in real estate. I want to be involved, especially in, in larger deals and syndication and whatever. So it really is the sky's the limit. And the only per- the biggest limit we have is how we limit ourselves. And so I think that's something I guess I wish I had known sooner. And I wish I had just done whatever it took to take action sooner. Because uh, the sooner you take action, it's like, you know, I'm not like, I'm, I just turned 40. So I'm happy to be 40, which is great. But, you know, it would have been nice to learn this at 25 or, you know, 20 or whatever. But, you know, there's a, there's another saying that it says uh, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so for me, I got it when I got it. But, you know, I think that just being willing to take action, getting out of the analysis paralysis for some people listening, it's like, okay, actually pulling the trigger and actually investing in a deal, actually connecting with more groups or actually going out and walking properties or making offers, or whatever, just, just doing things toward that goal and actually making those goals for you to become financially free. What tools or techniques have you used to improve the efficiency of your business or personal life? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's there's lots of digital things that, that I've used that have been really helpful. I, I'm a big you know, digital calendar. I mean, this is really simple. Like my Outlook calendar, I use a lot. Google calendar, just putting things in there. There's a great tool for setting up calls or managing your schedule with uh, phone calls. It's called Calendly. Basically, you can help schedule appointments or schedule calls or schedule anything. And people can just go on and set a time whenever you've set it to be available for you to have those those calls. That's been great. I, you know, and... Other than that, we've had some investor management software that's been really good where there's a program called Active Campaign, which is really good. It's kind of like a the one I've used before with MailChimp, but Active Campaign allows you to do all kinds of different automations. So if somebody signs up for your list and they check this box, they get this email, or if they don't, they get this one, or if they want to stop, commit, and join a deal, this is what happens here. And it just kind of like helps to organize everything. So it takes a little bit of time to learn that, but it's amazing how much more organized you can be and how that really comes across to investors. Wow. Like you have a lot of systems here and you've really thought this through and this is really good, you know? So I like that. So Bronson, if our listeners want to find more about you, where can they go? Yeah. So I love, I love connecting with uh, people about real estate, whether it's investors or people that are interested in just, you know, talking about different forms of real estate. So you can find me at growingcashflow.com and the name of the business is Bronson Equity. And so, yeah, it's really great. You can also shoot me an email at bronson at growingcashflow.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bronson. I really enjoyed having you on today. Yeah, Eileen and Sayla, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. really enjoyed talking with you guys. really appreciate you having me on today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. 
We'd really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.